0: Welcome back to Quiet Moments with Quilla, Redefining Life's Chaos, a bi-weekly podcast where I, Quilla, share many of the chaotic moments that I've had in my life. And I take the time to redefine those moments, looking through God's view, seeing how he was and is always there. I never took the time to reevaluate what I was going through until now, and it all makes sense. When you redefine something, You give it a new meaning, a new interpretation. The world wants you to feel out of control, but God's will? God's will is that you put your trust in Him with no other major instructions needed. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, New Living Translation says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. So let's take the time together and redefine chaos, because it's sure to come but God is surely greater. So we're gonna quickly pick up from the last episode. I was on the men from my first shunt revision surgery. My 45th birthday had passed. Yeah, I was just grateful to be alive. The physical recovery did not didn't take as long as I had expected. It was more the emotional part. The emotional part, because I hadn't had any issues with my shunt before. Then boom, like boom, all of a sudden, you know, stuff went haywire. So I was kind of paranoid that it would happen again. And it, it took me a, a good little minute um, to be able to tend to my baby like I wanted to. So I had to make sure somebody was always there to help me. It, it had been a minute since I had been down like that. Um, my daughter like i said in previous episode she was we she and i were back in contact so she was like my go-to person when my older son wasn't around and you know god god did what i needed him to do as always he provided help so that was cool she was around she was my go-to person for a couple of months until we had another falling out boy that back and forthness you know that's not a word but That back and forthness between me and her, slap ridiculous. But she was gone, you know, MIA for a minute again. Had my three month follow up scan from the the first revision, the first shunt revision, everything was back on track. Ventricles were no longer swollen, things were healing. Boom, breathe, deep breath, sigh relief. Boom, my norm settled in again. Uh, the the follow-up was sometime in August of 2019, Uh, By early October, I started back taking my baby to story time at the library. That was, that was big for me, y'all. That was huge for me to take him alone to an outside, you know, type deal because I I told y'all last episode that seizure watch sign had me... Paranoid that at any given moment, I would have a seizure and just I I wasn't okay. Um, PTSD, I don't know. Second week of October hit. Mm, I could feel a slight change creeping up. Mm, No big deal. Keep calm. No reason to panic. Just a little headache. Everybody has headaches. Chill out don't make a big deal about it. Y'all, me and these pictures and these screenshots, I got a picture from October 16th of 2019. I had taken my baby to a doctor's appointment all by myself, super proud, took pictures to prove it. And my eyes, they, they were low and hazy. Like those pictures back in June, low and hazy. It, it wasn't that I couldn't see. It just something about my eyes. I told y'all, a smile hides. But but the eyes, they, they tell it all. Um, you know, nah. This this can't be happening again. Carry on. You're good. You know, the, the follow-up CT scan said you're fine. So you're fine. Late October, baby got dedicated. Folks came into town the whole thing, whole thing, beautiful, wonderful. And I remember calling my mom probably between August and October, I mean, of course we talked, but I remember specifically calling her and saying, all right, so eh, headaches are coming back, not as intense as before, don't trip, I don't have no details, I don't know nothing, just letting you know, no big deal. Like I really, I have to call with intros and saying, alright, I'm about to tell you something. I don't I don't I don't know about follow-up stuff, so I'ma just tell you, and then that's just gotta be it, because I don't know. So when she was here for the baby dedication, she probably noticed it or something, I can't remember exactly. And she might have said, you know, she might have asked me if I was okay, but I remember her I remember saying, Yep, got a headache, it's fine. Carry on. I, I promise y'all those are my go-to answers. Yep. It's fine, carry on. Week or so after the baby dedication, I went to the doctor for another scan in reference to these minor little headaches that were trying to creep back up. Because my anxiety wouldn't let me be great, uh, I'm not going to even claim it as my anxiety, because anxiety wouldn't let me be great, I was like, you know what, better safe than sorry. Let me go ahead and tell the doctor. I get the disc back from the radiologist, come home, put them in my computer. I don't have a degree in radiology. I can't read x-rays, but I wanted to see what I could see. Eh. I compared them to the pictures that I had from the August images, which showed that, you know, July's surgery was fine. I thought I saw a little difference, but again, my degree is not in radiology. I'm not finna self-diagnose. I don't know. Anxiety said, "Oh yeah, girl, something, something is popping off you. Yep, something wrong." Um, but I didn't know. And I, I got a call maybe the next day. Yeah, it was like the next day regarding that most recent CT scan. Clearly, that wasn't a good sign. It was one of those. You know, uh, the doctor will only call if something is wrong. And then you wake up to a voicemail from the doctor saying to call him. Uh, call you for what? You, you might as well have left the whole message on my voicemail. Because what, what you want? <laughs> what, you, what you want? I can't be waking up to no foolishness. What you want? Uh, so, I called him. And based on a CT scan, which showed a nickel-sized enlargement in my ventricles, again, he wanted me to do an outpatient surgery. Now in this outpatient surgery, they would take a needle, insert it into my scalp where the shunt valve is, and see if they can withdraw any uh, CSF, cerebral spinal fluid. Okay, no big deal. Now, here's the thing. The doctor wanted me to do this um, under general anesthesia or, or local local anesthesia, like numb the area, stick the needle, do the things. No, no. You want me to be wide open awake while you stick a needle in my head. Um, how you figure that's going to work? How you figure that's going to work? How you figure that's going to work, sir? He said, do you want me to sedate you for just a whole little? yeah, yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh-huh, I do. Knock me out. Do whatever. Stick the needle wherever you want to stick it because I'm going to be asleep. And then when I wake up, no needles. No. No nothing. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I'm going to sit here, be still, stick a needle in my head. No. Knock me out. Paperwork, please. Thank you. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, But they take a needle, stick it in, and um, see if they can withdraw the CFS. C-S-F fluid from the valve. Maybe it was clogged. Maybe it wasn't. Don't know. But there was a nickel size enlargement. The next steps would be known after that outpatient procedure. All right, easy enough. Told a few, few to uh, I told a few folks about the upcoming procedure, and somebody asked me what was my contingency plan for the baby. Like, did I have things already in motion for someone to keep him, X, Y, and Z? My response: God is my plan. Ain't no way, ain't no way he gonna allow another malfunction a couple months after the first one. I don't need a contingency plan. God's got it. I was, I was dead serious. I was dead. Serious. I spoke with such assurance and boldness, cause hey, that's where my faith was. Even though doubt would creep in periodically, uh, my confession and profession and and, and my whole being <laughs> said God would not allow this to happen again. Like you know, you you gotta watch what you say. That power is real. That that um Proverbs eighteen twenty one speaks about uh, message version it says words kill words give life they're either poison or fruit you choose plain i mean plain and simple you choose so i chose to speak life because i had to live yep i was afraid uh yep i was worried yep i was anxious but what could I do either way? I had to speak what I believe. I had to speak life in order to see life. And that's that's what that's all I knew how to do. That's all I know how to do. Um not that I don't ever admit that I'm afraid or ever admit that I'm weak. Yeah. But bottom line is all right, God. You 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 did it. You did it, you knew me before I knew me. You created all the things that do all the things. You created the doctors, you created the uh, procedures. You're on the back, I'm in the front. You got it. I don't know, I don't know nothing. Had the procedure early part of November and no fluid came out. Nothing, dry as a bone. No fluid came out the valve section of my shunt. So, 211 days after having a baby, 112 days after my first shunt revision brain surgery, the dang thing was malfunctioning again. I was admitted right after the supposed um, outpatient procedure. Procedure pending surgery within the next two days. Again, again, like a repeat, like a do-over, like another. (laughs) It's a whole section in Mark, in the Bible, Mark 9, 14 through 24, that explains my exact sentiments. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Like, I spoke life, I said the things, I walked in boldness, I said things with the, with authority, I believed with my whole heart and soul that you would not allow this to happen again. Boom shicka boom, here we are. Now, Mark, um, what I just read, Mark 9:14 through 24, um, well, the paraphrased version of what I just read. There, there was a man whose son was demon-possessed, and he, the man brought the son to Jesus to heal. And Jesus was like, what a generation. No sense of God. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. How long has this been going on? The boy said, ever since he was a little boy. Many times, it pitches a fit, no, it pitches him into fire or the river to do away with them. If you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. Jesus said, if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. No sooner uh, were the words out of his mouth that the father cried, then I believe. Help me with my doubts. That was me. That was me. Alright Lord, I believe, help me with my doubts because I don't know. I'm sticking true to my, uh, I'm sticking true to your track record with me. You will not fail me, you have not failed me, you're not going to fail me. Help me with my doubts, they exist. Help me, I asked for help, that is the best thing you can do. Don't deny it. Don't act like you don't need it. Don't act like, oh, I'm good, I'm great. i as my friends say, I'm Gucci. No, God, I'm struggling. This is, I'm struggling. I believe you. Got a little, got a little thing, got a little undercut. Help me with that undercut. Um, I believed God could and would heal me yet again. But baby. That, that struggle, that and, that could and would, that struggle period. Ooh, woo. I text someone and I had admitted, I, I told them, um, I'm struggling in my emotions with everything that's going on. It's a lot and it's fast. It's happening, it's popping, boom, boom, boom. I, I can I can barely recover. Like I said, you can either ride the wave or get, get carried away, get crashed with the waves. I was getting crashed yet again. And I still got a baby, somewhere in that mix. This time, it was the top portion of the shunt that malfunctioned. The short valve that had functioned, um, malfunctioned. The valve and the short catheter that were directly into my brain had cracked. Uh, Marinade right there for a minute. It had cracked. I think because they had fixed the long catheter fluid was just going and going and it was just kind of pulling on the long catheter and so then the short catheter and the valve were not no longer strong enough to hold the the current flow and it cracked in my head. It I mean it sounds worse than what it is I think because it's not like I, I felt it crack but just to think that the one thing one of the things that was keeping me um cognitive keeping me coherent keeping me sane um um, keeping me mentally stable had had cracked in my head the the old small catheter is still inside right now because the doctor didn't want to remove it and risk brain bleed so he left it in there and just kind of Added another one, another short um, catheter and valve to the long catheter. Boom. Now, yet again, back to my old familiar routine of being in the hospital. Now, because I am me all the time, doesn't matter good, bad, or indifferent. Had the nurses, had the nurses in there cracking up because they kept coming in there asking me questions to see if I was going to uh, one nurse came in, and I was like, ma'am, what's, what's your name, nurse, whatever, whoever, wherever. Don't ask me what my name is. I, I didn't told y'all. I keep telling them, I know who I am. Stop asking me what my name is. I'm not going to repeat my name every 15 minutes. Go ask the lady who just came in here what my name is because I just told her. If she don't remember, tell her to go ask the lady before her. I know who I am. All right? Okay. Stop it. You're doing your job. I get that, but it's quite annoying. Okay, alright. Then I had another nurse, a little, little frail, skinny, skinky lady. She was trying to move me into another bed, but she was trying to pull me from the sheet with the sheet rather. And she was about to drop me. She she did not. She didn't have her footing. She was about to drop me. It was it was going to be a thing. So I said, ma'am. What you want me to do? What you what you're trying to do? What we're, we're going over here to this bed right here. Can you move so I can do it? I, like, I can just get up and do it, or I can scoop and do it, because you trying to pull me, you're going to pop your back, and then I'm going to fall, and then I'm going to own the hospital. So I got it. You know, and she bust out laughing, and she was like, no, I can do it, I can do it. No, 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 no need to show out. I got it, now I can help you, so then that way you can feel like you've done your job type deal, but you can't pull me. You can't pull me. I got it. She's laughing, I'm laughing. And she was like, you know, you, you have such a great attitude considering what, what all, what's going on. And it, it kind of was true and it kind of wasn't true. I was in a mood. I didn't want to get dropped on the hospital floor, <laughs> but I was in a mood. You can fight it or you can flow. It's up to you. What, I'm gonna sit here and be mad or angry or depressed or whatever, you know, yes, those moments came, but it was still happening. I was still going through it. I might as well go with the current. I might as well. That, That just makes more logical sense for me. Now. This time, the little switch that happened um, during this hospital stay is that I was on the ICU floor the first night after surgery because they had to, uh, because it was a short catheter, they literally kind of had to do some things in my brain, um, in my, yeah, in my skull, in my brain. So my son, my teenage son stayed the first night because like I said, I was in ICU. Baby can't stay in the ICU. Baby hadn't stayed with anybody. So my husband stayed home with baby. My son stayed home with me. Here come Jesus doing Jesus things. My daughter found out on the back end. She texted me again or inboxed me or something and she was asking me a question and I told her. I was in the hospital, leaving ICU. shot broke again. Called you know, call my husband for details. Can't really, don't really want to do the back and forth, all the things. Um, she was like, oh my God, why is this happening so soon? Um, it's too much. It's too much. Like she even said, it's it's too much. Yep, I concur. It's too much. Uh, but it, it, you know, the, I guess on the brighter side of things, I didn't have another scar. He used the exact same scar from July's surgery. This time I had staples. Oh, staples. Like click, click. Staples. I can't remember how many I had 10, 15, 18, 20. I don't know. But they had to take the staples out. Oh, oh, okay. I'm used to stitches. You just kind of cut the wire. I mean, cut the thread and, and pull them out. It's like a really, really, um, like a needle pin, pulling the needle, uh, pulling the thread out. But now you gotta remove these staples. You gotta take some type of mechanism, cut the staples, and then pull each staple out from side to side. (sighs) Yeah. Go ahead and knock me out again. Do your thing. Of course they didn't do that. I endured it. I wasn't happy. Okay. (sighs) Didn't need rehab for this surgery. Recovery was fairly simple. Stress levels were at an all-time high. And I couldn't wait to get back in to see my 13-day lady, who is also known as my psychologist. I couldn't wait, I could not wait. Don't even know if I had saw her. I might have saw her one time after July surgery. Boom, here we are in November. I was having another surgery. Nope, I need your couch. Come on, clear, clear your schedule, clear your patients, do whatever, I, we gotta talk, we gotta talk. It was a whole, I was on a whole different trip. I was on a whole different section of paranoia. Um, It had gotten so bad, I thought I needed a medic alert bracelet. Like one of those push the button, help me, I've fallen, can't get up. In case I was home by myself and something happened, I wanted a medic alert bracelet. I started asking my husband, do the neighbors know the difference between my car and your car? Do they understand that when it's just my car, I am here by myself, chances are with the baby. Um started to see all right telling my son if I text you 911, don't ask no questions come home something's wrong. My friend wanted to know uh, who could get there faster between my son having to he was back in school between my son having to leave school or her having to leave work because my husband worked out the furthest who could get to me faster It was really that it was really that bad my paranoia uh, the paranoia I'm gonna stop claiming this stuff is mine because it ain't it ain't mine. Hey, my, the paranoia had me, had me tripping, y'all, had me tripping. I was afraid to do anything. We wasn't doing story time at the library no more. I wasn't going nowhere. I uh, had gained a lot of weight from just sitting around recovering and recouping from the two surgeries. Well, yeah, from the now two surgeries. And then I still had baby weight from, you know, having a baby. Um... <laughs> uh, cycle, 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 spin, 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 twirl, 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 out of control. Um, I had a a new diagnosis of PTSD, higher anxiety, and more depression, like a deeper level of depression than I had prior. All that stuff came back. Uh, I remember going to church a few weeks after surgery, you know, after I had recovered and recouped and all the things. And my overseer saying that God was using me to prove that miracles still exist. I swear I rolled my eyes. I, I swear I did. I, I, yep, I gave him that, that whole whatever. I, whatever. I ain't asked Jesus to make, make nothing out of me. I ain't, I ain't asked him to do none of the things. Why you got to use me to prove your point? I ain't bothering nobody. I ain't nominated myself for nana nothing. What is you doing? My name is not Job. It's Jaquilla. Who? Who said I wanted to be the sacrificial lamb? Oh, I know. I know I died to self once I gave my life over to the Lord. But this here was 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 ridiculous. He was doing the most. He was asking the most. He was he was requiring the most. Um and then, Lord, God would not let me settle and die in all my attitudalness, in all my attitudes, and all my uh, neck rolling and eye rolling. And I'm sick of this. I ain't asked you to do nothing. I ain't won't. I ain't prayed for none of this. I didn't pray to have the baby. Why are you doing this? I don't want it. Told you last time. How do I get out of this? Where's the paperwork? I don't want it no more. I want to cancel my contract. I'm fine. I'll take my chances on my own. Lord, no, no, uh-uh, no. He wouldn't let me be great. He wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't let me die, y'all. He wouldn't let me die. He wouldn't let me quit. He wouldn't let me just roll over, sulk, and and be done. I know after the first surgery, there was an inkling. A little itch, a little nag (laughs) to share and spread awareness about spina bifida and just the goodness of God and, and the testimonies and the things that God had done, the things that God, you know, can do, will do. And I reached out to a friend, another friend who has a chronic illness, and asked her about doing a podcast. You know, we'd share our faith and our fights. No big deal, in hopes of encouraging and informing others. I did not strongly pursue that. I asked her, kind of, all right, I think the Lord is telling me to do X, Y, and Z. She gave me some information. I shared this story kind of in the very first episode of my podcast. Um, Okay. I didn't, like I said, I didn't strongly pursue it. And the next thing I knew, I was needing a second shunt revision brain surgery. Okay, 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 Jesus. Maybe I don't have the time I think I have to keep playing around. Maybe I should pursue this a little bit more. Maybe it's it's making sense, maybe. I see what you've done here, sir. I had a baby, which was a new lease, a new perspective, new life. I no longer was living for myself. I still had the other kids, you know, they were older. They are older. But it hits different when it's a baby. It hits different when it's a baby. Um, And putting things into proper perspective and realizing that the fight was and is so hard is partly because there's legacy. Like my life. And in, in my children's life, there's a legacy of faith, hope, survival, life. Um, you know, there's legacy in that. And I have to pursue that. I have to. It's not for me. It's not about me. There are moments when I truly want to be selfish and, and tell God, no, I don't want this. And then I have to really see the bigger picture of. Why are you allowing this? I have to redefine that chaos, because for years, all I ever saw was chaos. I didn't see the reason. I didn't see the hope. I didn't see the testimony on the other side. I knew it was there, but I didn't examine it. I didn't um, really sit and let it marinate. It's fine. now. What you want me to do with all this new uh, revelation and epiphany, Lord? What you? I mean, okay. You've given me life. You've given life through me, which, you know, the baby. And then you've given life to me. These second shunt, these, these shunt revision surgeries did not kill me. I did not have worst case scenarios in those surgeries. Now what? I get it i get it i want to quit you're not gonna let me now what what you what you want me to do with all the newness <laughs> and that's why there is a season two um, at the cusp of me having my son because after giving birth so much newness has happened that just required their own season of 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 details it required its own separate story. Because old things are passing away. Old things have passed away. All things, you know, are becoming new. And so, there again, this is why we have season two. Because now, we got new stuff popping off. And all I'll say is, be careful when you ask God for further explanation and understanding. Because the way he decides to clarify things for you might not be exactly what you had in mind chances are it ain't what you thought you had in it, it, it ain't what you had in mind um, when you asked him why why wouldn't you let me die why wouldn't you let me give up why did you allow x y and z when he explains it he wants you to do something with that explanation. And I had no idea what he wanted me to do with it. Eh. And then it all made sense. And we gonna talk about it on the next episode. Alright? <laughs> oh, there's that. Got it? The chaos is becoming more relevant to the big picture. The outside frame has been prepped. Now the inside just putting the pieces together. Voila, you'll have a complete picture of something beautifully crafted by the Lord. I'll keep beautifully crafting all these pieces and sharing them with you, but you gotta keep coming back. Cool? Yeah? Y'all gonna come back? It's it's gonna be next year. Yo! It's going to be a whole entire new year The next time we talk, y'all, we made it. We made it through this. Well, we're making it, you know. The clock hasn't changed yet, but we've made it so far only because of God. We're making it only with God. Um, Y'all going to keep tuning in to to get all the goodness of the Lord? Yeah? Okay. But until then, I need y'all to go check out the website www.floodgatepurposeandpassions.com Poetry book, previous episodes, and merch. Share it on your socials, tell your folks to tell your folks, and then all the folks will know that God did something dope. Okay? Until then, which will be January 11th, 2021. y'all come back. I'm still gonna be redefining the chaos that was once in my life, because thank God for the victory, the chaos ends now. I am no longer considering what I've been through as chaos. I am choosing to redefine situations and circumstances, realizing that the chaos brought me closer and the redefining of such gives me total reassurance in my God. Through it all, because it's all I know how to do, I'm still smart, all right.